it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And today is day number three at the NFL Scouting Combine. And so to talk about it, our friend who is there live covering things for CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana, our friend George Bremer. George, what's up, man? How much? How's it going? You know, crazy week as always. Uh, But you you learn to kind of love this week and hate it all at the same time because... (laughs) Uh, I just I feel like you're drinking from the fire hose this week. You know what I mean? You, you get all this news for one week, and then we kind of die down for a little bit, and then free, free agency starts, and and you get the fire hose all over again. George, now you got me very thirsty. I'm gonna have to leave the podcast and go get a glass of water. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> one other thing you do is provide us with useful information, and we're going to get into all the Jet-centric stuff in a bit. But first, something that was said by the general manager of the team that you cover, the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Ballard, involving a receiver that most Jets fans didn't think was going to be available. But Ballard more or less confirmed today that Michael Pittman Jr. is not going to be a viable target for the Jets this offseason, right? Yeah, he said, you know, asked directly, does he expect Pittman to still be on the roster in September? He said yes. Um, I think it's pretty clear they're working towards a long-term deal. He said they've had those conversations with his agent. That's, of course, the preference. I don't think anyone's shocked by that. You always would rather get that deal done. Uh, but the franchise tag is out there. He, he's repeatedly said it's a tool. They'll use it if they need to. So one way or another, Michael Pittman will still be wearing number 11 in Indianapolis next year. One player who certainly won't be catching passes for the Jets next year either, in addition to Michael Pittman Jr., 
It's Nicole Hardman, and boy, has this saga gotten interesting. So we all know the story. Hardman came in here as a free agent. He thought he was going to be the punt and kick returner and be a wide receiver gadget weapon for the Jets. Rodgers gets hurt. They didn't use Hardman at all. Xavier Gibson took over the punt kick return role. They didn't try him at all at wide receiver for the most part, and then they shipped him out of here to Kansas City, and he went to Kansas City and, of course, ended up being the big hero in the Super Bowl, catching the game winner. And so Nicole Hardman goes on Ryan Clark. Mark's podcast yesterday and oh my goodness did he say some things that are worth talking about George he discussed his time with the Jets here are a few of the things that he said refused to go in to return punts against the Kansas City Chiefs when the Jets played the Chiefs a couple of weeks into the season because he felt that special teams coordinator Brant Boyer had misled him about the punt return job in camp and that he didn't have enough time to prepare when asked on the night of the game to step in for Gibson, who had tweaked an ankle a few days earlier. Hardman said he was dealing with his own injury, a hyperextended pinky that made it tough to catch. He said Salah tried to convince him to do it, but Hardman told him, I am not catching anything for that man, referring to Brant Boyer. That's interesting, George, because I've never heard any players complaining about Brant Boyer before. Hardman also said that at that point, he was, quote, so checked out, he was over with it. He had, quote, already talked to Veach, meaning Kansas City Chiefs GM Brett Veach, and Pat, meaning Patrick Mahomes, like, come get me. Two weeks later, I was traded back to Kansas City. George, he's admitting to tampering. If he's talking about having conversations with Brett Veach, the general manager of the Chiefs, before he got traded to the Chiefs, that's tampering. And he tried to walk this back on Twitter today, but it's all on video. He admitted to it. And so I'm curious to see if the league takes action here. Joe Douglas spoke about this when he talked to the media today, and we'll get into that later. But as far as I'm concerned, that's open and shut right there. He straight up admitted to it. Hardman continued, it's the lies and the way they handled me, they meaning the Jets. I didn't like it at all. Made it clear that other than Garrett Wilson, he felt he was as good or better than every other wide receiver on the team. I mean, listen, I don't want to take his side here, but you saw what the other Jets receivers did last year. He's probably not wrong. On the Jets 2023 culture and Nathaniel Hackett, quote, you just got a new offensive coaching staff that came in and there's no standard. Everybody does what they want. Granted, the defense has a more stabilized standard with the coaching staff on that side. So the defense has a standard, but on the offensive side, it was just like, ah, we'll figure it out. It's Aaron's show. Let Aaron do what he does. And then when Aaron went down, it's like, oh no, what do we do now? Not really anything that's surprising. Anybody that followed the Jets last year understood that. And then following these comments, Thomas Morstead, the Jets punter, who, by the way, has yet to re-sign. We're all hoping that he does. But as of this moment, a free agent came out and blasted Hardman. He didn't specifically name him. But Morstead did say, be careful to take the word of disgruntled ex-employees who were getting paid guaranteed money to not do anything because they had their job taken by an undrafted rookie. So shots fired there. And then after that, Kenny Eboa and Sauce Gardner both essentially accused Hardman of industrial sabotage. They implied that they believe, and it appears that there are many players that think this, that Hardman leaked the game plan and the plays to the Philadelphia Eagles ahead of their matchup earlier in the 2023 season. Now, the interesting thing about that is not just the accusation that Hardman may have done that, which is absolutely insane. That is egregiously unprofessional 
in addition to being reckless, but also the fact that the Jets, with Zach Wilson, a quarterback, won the game anyway, even if Hardman did do it. So just insane stuff coming out. As Tommy Griffin Krantz, contributor over at playlikejet.com, said to me in a text earlier today, the Jets may be bad, but they're never boring. That's absolutely. Uh, I mean, a couple of takeaways for me there. First of all, uh, that, that's another log onto, onto the fire for Nick Sirianni. When, when you look at you know all the, the things that went wrong for the Eagles, uh, losing a game to Zach Wilson's <laughs> Jets when you have their game plan has got to be pretty far up the list. Uh, but for Nicole Hartman, first of all, why are you even still talking about the Jets? You won the Super Bowl. You move. You would think you've moved on. Like I don't. It seems way awfully petty that that he's even. Why are the Jets even on his mind right now? And secondly, why are you admitting to tampering and hurting your current team publicly on a podcast? Did he think no one listens to this podcast? I, I don't. None of this makes sense to me. But those three things really are, are right at the top of the list. I, in particular. I, I have no idea why Nicole Hardman would have such a grudge against the Jets. Did they not do him a favor? Did they not trade him to a team he wanted to go to? And he won the Super Bowl. What are you complaining about, man? Very strange stuff from Nicole Hardman. And the fact that he actually made such an unforced error and admitted that Kansas City was tampering with him mm. may cost Kansas City a little bit. Now, ultimately, they won the Super Bowl. Hardman made the game-winning catch. And if Kansas City gets penalized at all, it's probably going to be a late round draft pick or something and they won't care. But still, for him to say that is absolutely wild. And if the accusation is true that he leaked the Jets plays in the playbook to the Eagles ahead of the Jets-Eagles matchup last season... If I'm another team in the NFL, I would have a hard time signing that guy because he's of limited value as it is. But how do you trust the guy that may have done something like that? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, I hope he doesn't want to play for anybody other than the Chiefs ever again, because <laughs> I would think between admitting to the tampering and the accusations that you leaked the game plan to, a, to an opponent, uh, that probably limits his market to one. That would be my guess. Maybe two. Maybe the Eagles would take them. <laughs> that's true. They might. They may say, well, at least the, you won't leak our game plan to somebody else. We have enough Georgia guys. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's a Georgia quotient now. You got to make sure. Count your Bulldogs on the roster before you get in negotiations with McCole Hardman. That was Joe Douglas's biggest mistake. That's why he's got to draft Brock Bowers, Amarius Mims, and Cedric Van Pran this year. Speaking of Joe Douglas, by the way, he spoke today to the media. A couple of bullet points here. He gave Zach Wilson permission to seek a trade. Sure, I guess there might be a few teams that are interested. If they are, I can't imagine they would offer much. At best, you're probably looking at a late-round pick swap here with a team that sees Zach Wilson's arm talent and thinks they might be able to do something with him. Maybe Denver or somebody like that with Sean Payton looks at him and says, eh, for a sixth, seventh-round swap, then maybe we bring him in here and see if we can do something with him. Beyond that, I wouldn't have much in the way of expectations. Douglas said the team will not use the franchise tag on Bryce Huff, but they've had productive conversations with his agent. So stay tuned there. Connor Hughes of SNY reported that the market for these pass rushers may not be as robust as people think. So maybe there is a chance ultimately that Bryce Huff comes back, which would obviously be a good thing. You like to have a young pass rusher who's proven he can succeed in the system on board for the upcoming season. I know they drafted Will McDonald and they drafted Jermaine Johnson the year before that, but you can never have enough 
productive pass rushers. Douglas also said he's not worried about everyone quitting and leaving, meaning the front office and the coaches, because those things happen this time of year. Didn't have a comment on Dion Dawkins' bizarre topless interview. I don't know if you saw that, but he was talking about what happened with Michael Clemens and saying how he hates everybody on the Jets except for Quentin Williams, and he vowed vengeance on the Jets in 2024. Whatever, George, I didn't really care about that. Didn't think that Dawkins' odd interview and comments could have been topped until, of course, later on, Nicole Hardman said what he said. So seems like everybody is just waiting for a different person to top them. Douglas also said he likes the culture he said he's just as frustrated as Woody Johnson about the losing and understands it has to change and also he said that what Nicole Hardman said on Ryan Clark's podcast absolutely got the team's attention whether or not they put in a tampering charge with the league remains to be seen but I would think that they will or should unless the Chiefs and the Jets work out something privately I joked on Twitter George that if the Chiefs send the Jets Rasheed Rice we can all just forget this ever happened that sounds reasonable. That that, that would solve the issue. Uh, no, I, I, if the Jets don't file a tampering charge, I, I don't know what they're doing. This one seems about as cut and dried as, as it can be. I mean, you've got a player flat out saying, I, I spoke with an opposing general manager and told him to come get me, and two weeks later he did. I don't know what more evidence you need. I'm not a lawyer, but I feel like, you know, case closed. Sure seems that way to me. By the way, not that this is something that's super impactful from a fandom standpoint, but the Jets are changing radio stations in 2024. They'd been with ESPN Radio for a long time, 98.7. Now they move to Classic Rock 104.3, Q104, and so that's where the games will be with Bob with shoes. And nothing's going to change. The only thing that changes is the station that you will listen to the team on. We should also say, George, that in terms of the Jets' There were prospects talking today, and one of the ones that made some headlines from a Jets standpoint is Chris Jenkins Jr., because his father, of course, was a Jet for a couple of seasons, an absolute dominant force up the middle. I've told this story many times. Kevin Mawai, who's one of the best centers I've ever seen, who was a Jet for a long time, they had moved on from him, and they had Nick Mangold, and Mawai was on Tennessee, and he was going up against Chris Jenkins, and I never saw Mawai get manhandled this way. Chris Jenkins just tossed Kevin Mawai to the side like a sack of potatoes. He was just so strong and so dominant. I remember tweeting about that once. I didn't even tag Mawai. And Mawai quote tweeted me and said, I remember this vividly. Sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes the bear gets you. So at least he had a sense of humor about it. But Chris Jenkins Jr. said about the Jets, if they pick me, that would be really cool. Because his father played here So obviously there's a history I'd love to see the Jets get Chris Jenkins Jr. But I think he's going to go in the first three rounds And I doubt the Jets are going to use One of their first two picks in the draft On an interior defensive lineman When George, as we know They have a lot of needs offensively Good legacy guys, though They're always going to get attention And I think the Colts will go through that on Friday With with Marvin Harris Jr. Who they have no chance of getting uh, But who the fan base is completely enamored with For obvious reasons uh, and I'm sure he's going to get a bunch of questions about being back in Indianapolis and his dad, uh, which I'm sure he'll be more than than happy to rehash again. I'm sure he's been through that over and over. Those legacy guys are always fun, though, because, you you know, fan bases have such great memories of their father. And then if they do end up coming in, uh, sometimes I feel like it's it's almost a little bit of detriment to the kid, though. You got to live up to that shadow. That can be tough sometimes. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. 
Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been notified that he'll be released. It'll save the Chiefs $12 million. I hope the Jets don't go down that road just because he played with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. He's been the product of two of the best quarterbacks of all time and still hasn't really been all that impressive. So the Jets really need to aim higher. Speaking of the Chiefs, by the way, a lot of Chiefs-based news. Lejarius Sneed, their outstanding corner, has been informed that he will be franchise tagged and he's been given permission to seek a trade. So curious to see what his market is going to be. This one actually relates to the Jets. It has nothing to do with the Chiefs, but the Patriots. There's some news breaking there. Bridget Condon of NFL Network says that she's told that Bill Belichick really liked Jaden Daniels and he would have been the top target if Belichick had stayed in New England. There's question now in New England whether or not that will still be the case with Gerard Mayo. Remember, Mayo made a big show of talking about how they're going to be scouting, quote, the most important position in the sport when he first got the job. So you would imagine that Daniels would be one of the guys that is on his list and very high on that list. Also, as we talked about yesterday, Arizona seems to be out of the quarterback market. I never expected that they would move on from Kyler Murray anyway, but they make it pretty clear. Kyler Murray is going to be their guy, so whatever they do at number four, it won't be a quarterback. Could very well be a wide receiver, though. Who knows? And on the subject of quarterbacks, Mike Garofalo of NFL Network says he thinks there's about a 70% chance the Giants are going to draft a quarterback. That's sort of interesting because you have to figure that the top three quarterbacks probably go in the top three. So maybe the Giants have their eye on either a trade up or somebody like J.J. McCarthy. We've been hearing about how he could be rising up the board. Denver really likes him. Maybe the Giants surprise some people and take J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Remember, everybody was pretty stunned when the Giants took Daniel Jones as high as they did. They took him at six when some people thought Jones could be a second-round pick. So a lot of quarterback stuff going on today, including the top player in the draft, Caleb Williams. He showed up at the Combine today and made it very clear. We already knew this, George, but for anybody that doubted it, Caleb Williams says he has absolutely no problem playing in Chicago and made a joke about how he's looking forward to their, quote, first date coming up this week. I mean, it's stunning, right? He, he has no problem being the first pick in the draft. I, I'm, I'm floored by this. I know uh, I'm sure most players would love to be in that position. Uh, it's one of those funny things that happens every year at the combine. You know, would you play for this team? Would, would you play for that team? I've yet to see a player say no. I don't know why they would. Even if you feel that way, why would you publicly come out and say, you know, there's only 32 jobs available to me, and I'm going to just eliminate one of them right off the bat. I, I don't understand why that's ever a thing. Uh, from the quarterback standpoint, I think from both the Jets and the Colts standpoint, hey, the more quarterbacks that want to go in the top 10, the better, right? I think both teams are, are fine with that right now. Push some other positions down the board. Get some blue chippers. I think the first 14 picks should be quarterbacks. That that's my That's my mock draft right now. By the way, this is sort of interesting, George. I'm kind of surprised. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network says that Williams is expected to meet not just with the Bears, but the Commanders, Patriots, Raiders, Falcons, Giants, Vikings, and get ready for this, the Jets. I'm not sure why the Jets are meeting with Caleb Williams because, number one, they have no chance to get him, and number two... I would be stunned if they were going to take a quarterback, so I'm not sure what the story is there, but that is fascinating. Aaron Rodgers to the Bears, that fan base, would, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of love between those two those two groups. Um, no, I mean, I, I'm not surprised there's a lot of teams in that mix because the Bears have been open about they haven't made a decision yet about what they're going to do, and I'm sure anybody 
who's talking to the Bears and trying to get that number one pick or who is thinking about trying to make an offer to the Bears is going to want to talk to Caleb Williams first. That seems to be the obvious first step that, that you would take before you would commit the kind of resources that, that it's going to take to make a deal like that. Uh, but the Jets, that that's a surprising name on that list. Maybe it's just one of those, you know, research type of things. You never know what's going to happen down the road. Uh, you know, in 20 years, maybe they'll be ready to sign him. You, you don't know. Definitely a possibility that they're just trying to pick his brain or do some opposition research or something, maybe in case he goes to the Patriots. That's the only thing I can think of because I can't imagine there's yeah. any realistic way that he winds up going to the Jets. By the way, Robert Sala is actually going to wind up going to Indy. He's flying out there. Initially, it was said that he wasn't going to be there, but I guess plans changed. A lot of criticism was coming his way. We talked about this on the show, George. I don't really think it's a big deal, but I guess this will at least improve appearances on his part, and he'll take part in the in-person interviews instead of doing it on Zoom. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, there's one less thing to complain about for, for people on it, but yeah, I mean, we talked about that yesterday, and the guy's that are on the list of coaches that are not here are some pretty impressive and accomplished coaches. I don't think it's a really big deal, but you know, I think each team kind of handles that themselves. Each coach kind of handles it themselves. Uh, I know in the Colts case, Shane Steichen was supposed to talk today and he's sick and, and didn't make it to media. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be at interviews tonight, you know, if he is and maybe start checking uh, drills tomorrow and see if anybody's got a little cough or something, know who talked to the Colts. Marvin Harrison Jr. was not supposed to be at the Combine, but apparently he's had a change of heart. He's still not going to work out, but he is there, so that's noteworthy. Also, we should talk about this. The Vikings have hired Uncle Josh, Josh McCown, Jets legend, of course, as their quarterback's coach. And I thought this was interesting, people connecting some dots. First of all, Josh McCown has the same agent as Kirk Cousins. So does Josh McCown being in Minnesota mean that Minnesota tries to lure Cousins back. The other thing is McCown was an assistant coach in 2019 for Myers Park High School in Charlotte. Who was the quarterback of that team, you ask? A gentleman by the name of Drake May. So does that mean that the Vikings are going to get ultra aggressive and try to trade up for Drake May? Or is this just that time of year, George, where we're trying to read tea leaves that aren't really there? Who knows? Well, it's definitely the latter. I mean, the, the other things may be true. There's no doubt on the last one. I, I think that's what this time of year is all about. I do wonder, though, it makes me think, would McCown have been the best option to start for the Vikings at the end of the year last year? The quarterbacks they were rolling through, they could have done worse, right? It would have been hard to do worse than what they put out there. Although, if you remember, Josh Dobbs was a legend for a few minutes. He was. He was one of those guys. It's always fun when that happens. It feels like there's one a year where a quarterback comes out of nowhere and gets red hot, becomes, you know, the, some city's favorite son. And then it, it rarely lasts, unfortunately, but it's a fun ride while it's going. The, the, the whole uh, astronaut meme that was going on there, that, that was outstanding. You know, it was fun while it lasted. George, anything else notable that you saw at the combine today that we didn't touch on yet? I think the one thing that really stuck out to me, and probably a lot of other people knew it was new to me. I'm just catching up on the draft class a lot because you know, I tended to worry more about the way my job is. I'm worried more about the in-house free agents, trying to get that all set up. And there were some coaching things going on. And so I'm just starting to get into looking at the draft class, trying to see, you know, who might be there for the Colts at 15. And that's always a tough thing. But it went to Dallas Turner's availability. 
uh, because he's one of those guys that if enough, if 14 quarterbacks do go, maybe he'll be there. It's unlikely, but there is a chance he could slide uh, or Indianapolis might, he might get low enough that Indianapolis might be able to move up to get him. I didn't realize how good of a basketball player he was. This might be news only to me. He, as a high school star, first of all, he played on an AAU team that had Scotty Barnes, who's a star, obviously, with the Raptors now. But he got invited. He w- was at a mini camp for USA Basketball. And I thought, that's a really unique background for a pass rusher to have. That, that, that stood out to me. George Bremer, our friend who covers the Colts for CNHI Sports and the Herald Bulletin in Anderson, Indiana. He is on the scene this week at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. George, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. We will do this again tomorrow. In the meantime, for those that want to check out your work and follow you on social media, how can they do that? Yep, follow me at GM Bremer on social media, and then uh, HaroldBolton.com for the stories. The links will be there on social media as well. And uh, you know, the next couple of days are really going to pick up. Brock Bowers is in tomorrow. I'm sure he's going to get a fair bit of attention. Oh, I will bet that Brock Bowers is going to get a fair bit of attention. By the way, if the Jets make some moves on the offensive line and Bowers is there at 10, as Connor Hughes of SNY said, don't rule out the possibility of the Jets taking him because he is an elite offensive weapon. The Jets need that in addition to offensive linemen. So like you said, it'll be interesting to hear from Mr. Bowers and the others tomorrow. So follow along with George on Twitter and follow along with George here on the show. Plus check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's play like a jet digital, play like a jet.com.